0: Welcome to Breakthrough Brands. You are listening to The Conscious Business Show, bringing purpose, profit, and prosperity into your life and business with your host, Joe Dalton. And yes, folks, another week on the Conscious Business Radio Show here at Dublin South FM. And as you know, each week I speak to someone who I feel is a leader and someone who is very conscious in the world that we live in. And we know things are slightly different in the world that we are living in at the moment. I know people talk about the new world order and people talking about the new norm. But unfortunately, I'm not really buying into those sentences, because I hope and I feel that things will fizzle out towards the end of the year. There's a lot of questions being answered. There's a lot of people awakening. And I feel that more people, because they've had to slow down, they're really looking at their lives and understanding what's important to them. They're looking at community. They're looking at reflection, gratitude and all the wonderful things that comes with this. And we are not all in the same boat because some people have small children, some people are isolated, some people are finding it very difficult, and others are finding it a blessing. So, in this week, I want to speak a little bit about the good things. I want to speak about consciousness. I want to speak about how we will all live our lives and hopefully be successful in times coming. So, Les, my friend, a man that I interviewed on the radio show a long time ago. And as you heard in the, in the bio, he is, he is full of wisdom and knowledge. And Les, I'd like to welcome you to the Conscious Business Show. How are you?
1: Oh, well, hello, Mr. Dalton. It is a pleasure to speak with you again. And I am excellent. Thank you.
0: Do you know what's wonderful? I, I take you as being a Canadian, I take you as Irish because you've probably spent more time over here in the last couple of years than ever before.
1: Well, I've been coming to Ireland since, I would say, 1996 was my first visit. So um, I've I've been over there multiple times. I enjoy uh, the country of Ireland. I love the Irish people, their open hearts, their generosity, their uh, sense of hospitality that is just open-ended. It never seems to stop. You can just go out to the local pub, at least in the old days, you could go out to the local pub and... Just because you were from Canada, somebody would buy you a pint. I mean, yeah. you know, that doesn't really happen in very many other countries.
0: No, no, especially in America. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it's, it's funny. I, 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 I'm going to um, get us to make you up a birth certificate. And it's going to be the Irish birth certificate because we're awarding you a birth certificate from Ireland. The keys of the city, Les, the keys of the city
1: for you. That's awesome, thank you very <laughs> very, very
0: much <laughs> I approve that on Stamford.
1: Alright, get, co- get it co-signed by Guinness will you? I please?
0: will indeed it'll be, well it won't be so uh, it won't be signed by Guinness but there'll be a, a Guin, the end of a, bin, a Guinness pint glass mark on the bottom of it as a stamp of approval <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> As you heard in the intro there, you know, I that the whole world is changing and you know, I I always believe that how we look at life is how we look at it in our own thoughts. And I know that you've probably seen my TEDx talk where I spoke about get out of your mind, you know, and it what's happening outside isn't important. It's what's happening inside in your mind makes the biggest impact in life. And in saying that, how do you how do you feel that people are addressing things at the moment in their lives and how do you feel they should be addressing things in their life?
1: Well, I don't really like should, should, you know, you should do this, you should do that. Uh, That's that, you know, that's the kind of thing that you get when you're young and you're going to school and you should be doing this and you should be doing that. I think people have the opportunity to uh, enter into a period of self-examination and, take a look at themselves and, and I'm speaking about the conditions that we find ourselves in right now, globally, right? Yeah. Uh, that we have an opportunity to, to do a bit of self-reflection and in that self reflection, uh, start taking a serious look at, you know, our core values, uh, the ideals that we hold, uh, the kind of world that we would like to live in um, what is important to us. And so many people, because of the circumstances, you know, they're either working from home or they're, you know, without a job entirely right now. So they're reexamining how it is that they uh, create an income for themselves in order to, you know, establish those basic necessities of uh, food, clothing, and shelter and all of that kind of stuff, taking care of their family. Um, they're reexamining that and, and taking a look at the way they used to do things just automatically, you know, assuming, you know, getting up in the morning. Monday through Friday um, and, and running off to the job and doing the job and coming home and you know spending a couple of hours with dinner and the family and TV and bedtime and then going back to doing the same routine over and over and over again. And now that that's been interrupted, people are having the opportunity to say to themselves, hey, listen, you know, do I really want to go back to normal or can we create um, a new normal? Can we uh, look at other possibilities, whether that's you know, working from home like I was before, or maybe finding a different job that is closer to home or that is different than what I was doing before, or maybe even, you know, finding a way to make a living without having a traditional job.
0: Do you think what the, the world shutdown has caused a huge, big paradigm shift in people?
1: Yes. Well, you know, the paradigm shift in the way people think that has been coming for years right? We, we, those of us who look at it have been seeing this building energetic wave, if you want to call it that, of um, people having, a, you know, individually a bit of a wake-up call about what their lives are all about, and where they're going, and what they're capable of achieving. Call it a consciousness revolution, if you will. Um, it's been building for years, a couple of decades in any case, and I think this situation we find ourselves in has kind of been like a part and parcel of that. You know, it, it looks like it's external, but you cannot separate one thing from another in in the study of sociology. Human beings, right. Are one coherent whole and you know, what happens in China happens in the rest of the world and all of that kind of stuff. So I think this is all part and parcel of it. And it's just kind of accelerated for many people the opportunity to, to really re-examine who they are and why they're here and what they're about and what they're capable of achieving, all of that kind of stuff. So in a sense, you know, despite how, you know, negative many people are thinking this situation is and how dire it is and all of that kind of stuff, it's really kind of a good thing because it's given all of us the opportunity to, to say, no, hey, hang on a second. Where are we going? Not just me individually, but where are we going, right? What are we doing to ourselves here, right? People are, just as the simple, simple, simple things. I can't tell you how many people have commented to me, can you believe how blue the skies are anymore? Like, I haven't seen skies this blue since I was a child.
0: And the birds singing and the, the, the clear water. But what? A, what? A, the one thing about people is we're creatures of habit. Right, so yeah. even though we've been locked down and people have been working, you know, from home and you know they're splitting up the day between the kids or not, depending on the, the demographics of the house, they're still creatures of habit. They're still getting up at the same time. They're still consuming the exact same breakfast as they have. They still go shopping. The reason why I think most of the supermarkets over here in a lot of countries are, you know, queues out the door is because people still even though they've time off, they're still going shopping where they used to on a Saturday, you know? And will it get to the case when everything is fizzled out? Will people just kind of go, oh, that was something parked in our life and now we're just getting back to the way we where we?" It's like it was a holiday and like holidays, they come memories and we get back because we're creatures of habit. We just get back to the way of things have. Or has this really erupted as in such a way that has going to be everlasting changes?
1: Uh, well, there's two answers to that question, Joe. First of all, you know, in, in the situation where everybody's kind of locked down in their houses to a certain degree, uh, maintaining a level of routine, uh, getting up at the same time of the day, getting dressed, making your coffee, having breakfast, and, you know, doing whatever you do throughout the day on the routine things – it's actually quite good for your mental health to to become slovenly, shall we say, in in your habits and your dress and your personal hygiene and and late general laziness, shall we say, around the house is actually bad for mental health and leads to depression fairly, fairly quickly. So routine in that level is a good thing. But I, know, I get what you're saying about, you know, returning from the holiday and, and slamming back into the rat race again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Certainly, a certain percentage of people are looking forward to that um, you know it's those people whose um sense of identity is completely tied into the routine that tells them how to live their life and that they get their fulfillment from from following that routine going to work and doing all of that are 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 absolutely looking forward to getting back to normal, right yeah. Um, but I think there's a substantial percentage of people who are, who are saying to themselves, uh, "You know what? That doesn't make sense anymore." Uh, and what can I do differently? What can we do differently?
0: Yeah, I. It's like over uh, over here, we're talking about. You know, a lot of organizations are talking about fifty percent of their staff now will will not go back into work. That they found that you know it's working from home, and. They're already looking at premises to ju- reduce the size of premises to get the staff in. But as this has gone long, all those people who are gone, I think it's working great from home. I guarantee when they cut that, you know, the the the, the gun to go, they'll all want to not work from home. They'll all want to go back into the office because they've just the, the routine. I need to shake this up. And it only will be maybe another six, seven months, eight months down the road. Then they'll be able to put their hands up and go, yeah. You know, I've looked at both sides now in, an, in, in a normal mindset and I decide to work at home or I decide to work in the office.
1: Well, yeah, it's going to happen on an individual basis, but, uh, you know, everything is going to change. Uh, you know, the downtown office buildings are you know going to have a substantially increased percentage of empty, you know, space in them, um, which will have to be, utilized in a different way in order for those building owners to survive economically, Uh, all fundamental aspects of society are going to change because of this.
0: Yes. And what I love about this whole thing is that it's made everyone look, you know, social, economical, you know, the political system or health systems. Like I went into the hospital last week. Okay. Um, I, I thought I chipped my ankle. And, you know, I went up to the hospital. I was triaged. I was seen by a doctor. I got an x-ray. I was seen by the doctor. And I was out the door in 20 minutes. Mm. And, you know, the doctors, there was, the orderlies were around. There was everyone there. I was saying to the, the the girl that was doing the x-ray, I feel like I'm in the outback. You know? <laughs> and yeah, And you've opened up the hospital to see me. And she says, yeah, it feels a bit like that, doesn't it? You know, where we we think that it's, You know, we think that our hospitals are like um, Outbreak, the movie, and there's people running around, or ER plane crash, you know, and everyone's crashing, all the ambulances are raking in all these bodies and all the thing, and and it's not like that. So, And people, I think, are realising that, hang on, I've had the time now to stop. I've had the time now not to rush. I'm not rushing to get up in the morning. I'm not rushing to have my breakfast. I'm not rushing to get into work. I'm not rushing to have my lunch. I'm not rushing my lunch to get back to work. And people have slowed down. And if you look at social media, I'm finding there's two elements. Everyone is looking, which is one, but you can see the people who are looking from their head and you can see the people who are looking from their heart. And there's a divide, a massive divide growing between these both sections in a population.
1: Well, there's, yeah, there's lots of, you know, commentary, shall we say, to be kind. Yes. Uh, going on uh, on social media, absolutely. Um, but, you know, it, and even though a lot of it is kind of divisive and, and people are, you know, attacking other people's opinions. Um, for no particular reason other than they want to argue with somebody. Um, There is also, at the same time, uh, this growing recognition that, you know, we can be in connection with other people despite the fact that we are isolated to some degree, socially isolated in our own homes from our daily routines. We're, you know, we're not mixing and mingling with people at work or at the pub or whatever. So we're mixing and mingling online. uh, And that means that we can mix and mingle with people from different countries as as easily as we can with our neighbors. So that's that's an interesting phenomenon, I think, because we have over the, you know, since the beginning of the Internet, progressively started listening to, you know, the, perspectives of people from different countries but now we're seeing more rapid globalization uh, of communication between individuals and, and coming I think we're coming to the recognition that you know we're all essentially the same in, in the fact that we have the basic needs wants and desires that are that are the same or very similar to people from whatever country in the world and that um, we all have the same kind of um inner aspirations for what life could be like for us if we just got our act together Uh, um and then you know so when we're looking at the institutions that we've you know just taken for granted and relied upon uh for all of our lives you know whether they're political or um social or religious institutions we're looking at those institutions and we're saying you know they seem kind of old-fashioned to me are they really of you know, do they really need to be the way they are in order for me to take advantage of them, or them to take advantage of me, or can or can we take a whole look at maybe the fundamental institutional things that we've counted on and relied upon and just taken for granted over the last century or so of our societies? Maybe they no longer serve us in the best way that they could be serving us, and maybe we need to reinvent everything.
0: I love that, Les. You're, I love that that you say we look at them and that have we outgrown them and have we outgrown the way that things are being presented to us? You're right. You're right. It's, it's something really for, for us all to ponder on. And Mm -hmm. it's, I remember asking you a question last year sometime, you know, and even when I was on, I've been on this sort of spiritual awakening journey for God, it must be nearly 20 years now. And every, every, so often I have these ha ha moments and I remember chatting to yourself about it. And I said, when was it that your life changed and, and you realized? And it was one thing that you said to me was your life changed and all your business changed when you made that decision that everything you was going to do, you were going to do was for the greater good and to help other people. Am I correct in saying that? I, I don't want to misquote you on it.
1: Well, yeah, that's that's actually a very good way to say it. Uh, back in 1995, um, i was forced into backed into a corner if you will uh i was having a a discussion an argument with a, a person that was close to me and that i was involved with in business and and we came to a parting of the ways and it was you know a very um ugly parting of the ways we were both very angry with each other um and so we split up um and went our separate ways but in 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 that moment, what resulted from from that moment was that I came to, for some reason or other, I came to this recognition that that I had been running through life, pursuing my own, not necessarily selfish, but it's a good word, selfish um, needs, wants, and desires. I had been looking at, you know, trying to claw my way into success in the world, right? Uh, doing the things that I had studied to do, and you know, all of that kind of stuff, and and working hard at creating the life that Leslie wanted to have, right? Um, in order to get satisfaction and happiness out of life, I was, I was trying to get myself, my needs, my wants, my desires satisfied. And I was forced into a position that said, you know, you know what? That, that has not been working for me, right? That, that has not been working for me. I, I'm unhappy. I'm angry with this guy right now. Um, I'm not living to my fulfillment. I'm not creating the success that I want to have. So forget that. Um, I'm going to do something different with my life. Instead of being focused entirely on myself, I'm going to try and figure out how to be the best expression of myself in order to be of service to my fellow human beings. Just focus all my attention on fellow hum- my fellow human beings and see what I can do to uplift the lives of, of those people that are around me that I can touch in one way or another, uplift other human beings. Um, and as soon as I did that, or like within you know a year of doing that, all of a sudden that personal business success that I've been pursuing for 25 years before that, my whole adult life just magically appeared, right? And the next thing you knew, I had a, an international business, you know, Operating in multiple countries around the world, and all of those things that I've been pursuing for 25 years, it, it, within 365 days were all handled, and I was actually reaching out and touching the lives of many tens of thousands of people around the world, which has, you know, since multiplied to millions of people. But um, it it was magical what happened when i switched my attention from my own needs doing what i could to to be of service to my fellow man or fellow human kind right
0: See, there it is okay and i would would agree with you 100% um and if anyone has ever you know attended one of your workshops or i know that you have online courses and you you've written a few books and you you can see and you're genuine. When I speak to you and we'll, we'll engage in conversation, you are, you know, you are, you are just being you, you know, and that's what I love, I love about you, Leslie. That myself, when I asked you that question, I kind of went, yeah, that's what I'm doing. But also there's this like monkey on people's backs who are, that want to do this. Still, if they're trying to help people, they still have this feeling Am I doing this for to help people, which I am? Or is there something in the back of my mind that's gone? Yeah, it's still there's still a little bit of ego there. There's still a little bit of ego there. How does that how do you switch that off? Well, or do you ever?
1: uh, No, I don't think you do, Um, you know, become completely selfless. I, no, I don't believe so. Um, you know, the, those people that we hold up as being examples, and, you know, if we look at the live, say, Mahatma Gandhi or um, Martin Luther King or something like that, that we, we say, okay, here's somebody who's out there, they've got a mission, you know, for their people, for humanity, whatever, uh, and that they are completely selfless. If we look very closely, we'll find that there's a lot of ego involved in their lives as well, right, and that they're just another human being out there with their flaws, their shortcomings, but that they have made a commitment to do something bigger and better with their lives. But, and they're doing it to their best of their ability, even though they have, you know, human flaws and human ego. Right. So um, I don't believe that the aspiration or the, the, the idea that we need to get rid of ego is, is even a good idea. Uh, We have our individual personality so that we can be of service in the unique way that we are as individuals, right? So we we can't dismiss the ego. Uh, I mean, if you're a Buddhist, you want to get rid of the ego so that you never get reincarnated. But I think, you know, being alive on planet Earth is a lot of fun, so why would I want to say I want to escape, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, So um, I, I think it's a question of, you know, you set, you set that ego aside for the moment, right? Like, you know, you set anything aside for the moment when you're doing anything intensely, right? If, when, when you're, when you're, if you're an artist and you're painting a picture, right, your sense of ego of self disappears as you're immersed in that creativity. Or, you know, if you're, if you're a, a musician, a rock star, and you're up on stage and, and you're totally in the groove playing the music, I mean, your sense of self disappears in that moment when you're, when you're in that groove, you're, you're gone, you're, you are the music, so to You say.
0: are listening to The Conscious Business Show with Joe Dalton.
1: The point I'm trying to make, Joe, is that when you set yourself aside one way or another, uh, through meditation or being completely involved in the act of creativity of one kind or another, that's when the best expression of yourself comes out. And then you get to come back into being yourself and say, wow, look what I did. I'm celebratory. You know, I'm grateful for the things that I'm having and creating and doing all of that kind of stuff. You get to be the you that you deserve to be because you were born as an individual on planet earth. But when you're actually doing the things that You know you're capable of doing being the best expression of yourself you can only be that when you leave yourself behind when when you become when you become the act right when when you are the blessing when you are what you are idealizing as an expression of yourself out into the world when you become that fully become immersed in that 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 ego that that little insecure ego bit of you goes into the background and disappears for a while, but it'll come back
0: free from thought it's it, you know and and when I say free from thought i mean it's it's you get you're in that zone it's like for myself I remember when I used to go horse riding I forgot about all my stresses and my worries because all I was doing was focusing in on the horse and coming with them one with them um mm-hmm. and yes. th- that's my analogy of what what you said there that I kind of was trying to f- dig up something what what connected with me but it also then where you, you spoke then you went in and you spoke about meditation and I think meditation for me is you know for someone who never meditated someone who was meditating once in a blue moon to once a month and now probably once a day it's getting that darkness between thoughts is where I find my peace. And yeah yeah and and by finding that it's allowing me to get into that zone of when I come out of it and then plan my day consciously or subconsciously about the, the greater good for people. So the ego is even being is, is disappearing more and more all the time. Does that becoming, make sense?
1: It's of less and less important.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 the, the space, the space between breaths is where infinity lies.
0: Yes. I yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people might shake their head when, when, when they hear us saying that, but it's, you have to experience something, I think, to understand it. And and it's funny, I talk about meditation more and more now than ever before, because I know as well, so if you went into a corporate company 10 years ago and you talk talking about meditation, it would have thrown you out, where now it's just coming acceptable. Which is oh, great. More, than,
1: more than acceptable it's almost like it's part of the part the, of it yeah. yeah 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 if you want to be an in company <laughs> you know not only do you have to be like apple and have you know like all of your little games in the background for the people to play and free cafeteria food and stuff like that but you have to have a meditation room otherwise you're not part of the in crowd right
0: yeah or well, used to be a bar yeah.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> well you could have both
0: you can have both you can have both <laughs> yeah. what's the future where do you see it all going for us all? I have my own opinion that it can, you know, there'll be a parallel. You know, there'll be the, the people who are really calling their heads, steaming one way, and there'll be the people that, you know, are really understanding and more compassionate, streaming another way. And there might be a divide for the next 10 years until it all comes together again. That's my theory of it. Where, where do you see you see it all going yourself.
1: Well, I think, I think you're right. Um, There are, I think a lot of people who want to go back to the, say the sense of security of the way things were um, and that are completely caught up in the, you know, intellectual arguments for the nature of reality and the way things should be. And then there are those people who, who you said are more heart centered um, but let's say they're kind of more spiritually minded um, who are you know aspiring to a different kind of reality and yeah there is a divide um, and so there may continue to be that divide but I also believe that you know humanity has a collective consciousness right like a societal mindset uh, that, forms the general narratives that we all buy into and live within. So, you know, it's, and it's a collective, right? The we, metaphysics we have, of the world. Yeah, exactly. And so we have this, this big story that we, you know, take for granted is this is what reality is all about. It's, and it's just a story that we tell ourselves. Um, so I, I think what's happening and has been happening progressively over the, you know, as long as I've been walking around on this planet is this story is evolving. You know, it always has, but I think the the speed of change of that story has been speeding up a lot. And in the last few years, speeding up enormously. And that the more people there are that are out there that are speaking out about, you know, the woo woo kind of stuff and being heart centered and, you know, getting involved in meditation and changing the way, you think about old institutions and and being kind of revolutionary in their thought and saying, just a minute, what is it that we really want to accomplish as human beings? What is it, what's possible for us as individuals and collectively Uh, that those people are growing in number and as a consequence of their individual voices, maybe acting in concert sometimes uh, that this grand narrative of humanity is changing. not just in individual cultures like Ireland, say, uh, or Canada, uh, but globally. And at some point, you know, we're going to to reach that hundredth monkey effect, shall we say, um, where all of a sudden the, the whole story changes for everybody. And even those who have not been along for the ride involved in changing the story will all of a sudden say, oh, yeah, okay, and just come along and say this is this is the new story and this is how we're going to live from now on, and actually, you know what, it looks kind of better than the way things were before, so hallelujah. And, and so I think we're at that point, and I also think that, you know, the universe itself has kind of a, you know, evolutionary imperative, if you will, towards self-actualization, and that we're part and parcel of that um waking up of the universe itself if you will you know we we are not separate from anything else that goes on you know around us in our world but we're not separate from the entire universe we're we're part and parcel of it and everything that that happens is is part of the same symphony
0: well it's taken us billions of years to get here you know
1: well yeah but billions of years from a human perspective is a long time but if you know, billions of years from the perspective of the universe. If you can think of the universe of saying, what time is it? You know, the universe looking at us, watching, saying, what time is it? How long is a billion years for the universe? You know, oh, it's maybe, nothing. It's, maybe it's like a minute for yeah, us, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. but it's, it's, it's the creation of it's taken billions of years in human time for us to get here. And that, it, if you can look at it as that creation, how many billions to get us right here, and where it will go in the next hundred of million years is is the the fascinating thing.
1: Well, even if you just look at how far we've come in the last century, you know, human beings, technologically wise, you know, just in rapidly, the last century, rapidly, right? you know, yeah, horse horse and buggies to smartphones, and and you know elon musk sending rockets to mars i mean if you think about that if you would have told your great-grandfather what was going on today he would have told you you were out of your mind
0: but i, I remember my father you know when tv came out first and they were saying that color tv and you know they'd be all sitting and goes how can they get color through that box there's no way they can get color through that you know these are the we we only can understand as far as what our minds will allow or our belief system will allow us to. And you know, one guy invents one thing and he hits the limit. The next person who sees that creates the curiosity and the creativity to move it to the next level and continue on. And that's but there was a huge transformation in the last century. Um necessity. Necessity.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, if you look at you know just look at it the way things are speeding up, right? At, at you if you just exponentially speeding up, right? It's getting faster and faster. The pace of change is increasing, right? It's not it's not just change, radical change, but the actual pace of change itself is is speeding up, and so that that is going to push us into revelations and recognitions that we do not really fully conceptualize yet so you know even that just natural speeding upness of of technology is going to push all of our mindsets our imaginations forward in ways that most of us don't even think about on a daily basis or even you know ponder occasionally so the fact that you know we're undergoing this period right now that we're undergoing and and theorizing about how radical the changes are going to be coming out of it we have to put it into in perspective of what's been going on already in the world the pace of change right so you know to see sociological grand sociological changes taking place globally right now and and we can say okay it's a result of what we did with with this uh, virus reaction um, but in actuality, it's all part and parcel of the, the whole pace of change, right? Yeah. So um, you know, it, it you can't like you can't separate one thing from another. It, it's all part of the same big picture, right? And and if you look at it from a sociological point of view, there there is no doubt in my mind that we are in a period of rapid transformation, and that because it's in such flux, the great thing about times of flux is that individuals can have a major impact within times of flux. Um, We have, if we are purposeful and creative, we can make profound changes um, just by making one little, one little change of mind in um, the next person or, or, you know, a group of people or whatever. And those little changes, are you know affect the whole. I one of my favorite stories, and I don't know if you know a guy by the name of Arbuck Buckminster Foley. We, everybody called him Bucky. Um, and and he was interviewed by Playboy many 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 years ago. He's long since dead, but okay. And he said and he said something, and he had a kind of an, an, an interesting story too. He, at one point in his life, was suicidal. He was going to commit suicide. His life was a shambles. He had lost a child recently to death, and and he, he could not even afford to feed his family at that point. So he was going to commit suicide and collect, so his wife could collect the life insurance. Anyway, he changed his mind and decided to spend the rest of his life being a service to his fellow human beings and went on to become very famous and do all kinds of things and invent geodesic domes and all of that kind of stuff that he's famous for. Anyway, he, in this interview, he said that he decided to see himself as something called a trim tap. He said, so if you take the Queen Elizabeth cruise ship, Right? and you and you try and change that ship's sailing across the ocean you try and take you know a big force and, and push the bow of the ship around right to change direction like you would need a lot of force to do that like an incredible amount of force and so it's difficult to change the direction of the ship but on the back of the ship is a rudder which is a fairly small device right um, but that rudder is also a little bit difficult to change direction because of the force of the water moving past it because the ship's moving forward uh, on the rudder is a little tiny little mini rudder on the rudder and if you move that little tiny rudder on the rudder it actually pulls the whole rudder over the big rudder which in turn pulls the ship over so he said the smallest of forces can actually change the whole ship the direction of the whole ship of nature right and he said so i decided in my life i was going to be a trim tap and on his gravestone this day it says call me trim right and that's a great example of how one individual with dedication purpose and commitment can change the whole direction of the ship of society right and so i think all of us if we want to if if we feel compelled to can make that kind of commitment is to go out there and be a positive change in the world and do something that is of value to our fellow human beings and you know Express the ideals that we have so that that we can all move uh, towards a better future that we can, in this time of transition when there is so much chaos if you will going on that we can just stick our foot out into the water and change the whole direction of things just by by being conscious and intentional about it
0: it's the ripple effect you know just yes. being doing something, and that whole ripple effect might change someone in the whole cosmic soup that we all live in
1: yes exactly
0: yeah yeah les i you know i would highly recommend if anyone has done bob proctor if anyone is a big fan of tony robbins um i would believe and i would think that you you outshine these these gentlemen that are, you know, that are, you know, have lots of income pushing them towards advertising and the courses that you do and the stuff that you have online and the books that you have, I think they're, I think they can change people's point of view and set them on a right journey. And in saying that, where can people, if they want to tap in, to connect with yourself or get your books or sign up to your course? And I know you have some great stuff coming down the road as well um, in, the, in the future. And I hope that all happens as well. Where can people tap in?
1: Well, at this point, I would recommend people go to uh, just the Delphin World website, which is .world, right? Not .com, delphin.world. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, just go there, and that's you'll find access to me, to me, and my work over there.
0: Your journey—that's where the journey can begin for people, on it.
1: Yes. Yeah. Or they can just look up my name on the internet.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. And LinkedIn or Facebook—are you—are you on any of them, or are you just?
1: I'm. Yeah, I'm all over Facebook, um, and I do have a LinkedIn account, but I haven't actually updated or looked at it in. Months or years.
0: Okay. So. <laughs> Desi, it's a pleasure as always. Uh, thank you for coming on to the Conju Business Show here at Dublin South FM. It was great chatting to you, and uh, I'm sure we'll catch ourselves online in the uh, in the near future.
1: Absolutely, Joe, and always good chatting to you. Always a pleasure. You're such a great guy.
0: Thank you. And remember, here at Dublin South FM, we're interviewing plenty of people around the world conscious leaders and that's why we have the Conscious Business Podcast which is part of the Conscious Business Academy offering purpose, profit and prosperity in your life through soulful selling, mindful marketing conscious leadership and creative culture. you want to reach out to me, it's joedalton.ie You have an awesome week and take care and look after yourself.